0: This is episode 000012, The Tone Control Slept With Your Mother. Coming to you from Andre 3000's beautiful smile. (laughs) It's The Tone Control. (laughs)
1: I mean, look at him. He should have a license for that thing. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I got a joke for you. Okay. What do you call someone that doesn't like you? (laughs) What do I call him? Me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You can go ahead and use that one. That's all yours. (laughs) All right. I think we're easily amused, huh? I heard that earlier today and I was like, I need to remember that. Uh, that's gonna be the good that's a good one.
0: All hmm. right. Well <laughs> Well, Maybe. here we are on a on a what day is it? Wednesday? Here Wednesday. we are on a Wednesday. I've got I've my my workstation chair is now a, a giant exercise ball. That's right. I'm one of those D-bags.
1: <laughs> and I'm bouncing a little bit. My work chair is one of those blindingly expensive kind. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm one of those D ass. <laughs> <laughs> so Derek's comfortable and I'm uh,
0: still getting used to the exercise ball and deciding if this is a good idea. But we're going with it I do it for feel him. very supported.
1: <laughs> Sneaker for my butt. Anyway.
0: <laughs> Anything uh, else I, new
1: for you? I wanted to tell you, I we were talking about seven strings the, with Kevin, yeah. and then a few episodes ago, it finally happened. I finally played one. Oh, yeah. So um, what would you think? Taylor Taylor has one, mm. our buddy Taylor. Good buddy, old pal. Uh, he bought the PRS uh, uh, SE24 fret okay, seven-string. So really first close experience with a 24 fret and with a seven-string. Uh, and it was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> so by all accounts, it was... It was an awesome guitar, like, any way you cut it, if it was a six-string, it would have been great. I thought, like everybody says, the neck pickup was a little further into the guitar, which I wasn't too keen on. hmm That stuff is the That's not a seven-string issue, that's a 24-fret. No, frets. it's a 24-fret issue. Yeah. But it was, it was cool. Oh, and it had a coil tap, which sounded really great, mm, actually. Cool. Uh, yeah. So, the seven-string thing, though... Uh, few things I noticed. One, it was definitely lower. Like I had my, okay, it's a lower string idea. Yeah. As opposed to your, it's a higher string idea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but the high E string felt a million miles away. Like under my fingers, it was like, oh yeah, it's way down there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you spent so, so many
0: years with a normal, I mean, even with different shaped guitar necks, like you've got a few and they, they have different necks, but right. it's
1: still going to be so different. Well, it's mostly the width of the Mm -hmm. neck. It's so much wider. Yeah. And, you know, you kind of get comfortable to the lower, thicker string, and you kind of reposition in your mind, like, that's the bottom string. Yeah. So it makes the top string feel further away. I don't know. Just because, like, maybe for other people it's different, but for me that's, like, that's where you start. Yeah. That that lowest string. And then the other thing I noticed that was really interesting is um, not all of my pedals played nicely with that really low Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah like what just in like a uh it was let's see I was playing through my little board so it was my chorus pedal and my flanger like
0: that didn't like it I've got
1: to run. well it sounded like it would on any other part of the neck but that low low b it was just kind of not hearing it
0: huh
1: yeah, it was yeah. almost you got a little bit of it you could dial it in to get it to affect it but it was like not part of the register that pedal was designed to hear yeah
0: just voiced, voice yeah. for
1: a little bit of a higher range, right? Well, yeah, for um, a
0: normal range, frankly, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. But it was really cool. Um, I would definitely like if one came into my life, I would be okay with it. You wouldn't <laughs> kick it out, take it to the pound, right? Yeah. So cool. It was just a yeah, but yeah, with PRS se, I think se twenty four fret seven. I expect it sounded like a PRS. Yeah. Yeah, Since they globally a, sound a, like um, the same. Right. It's a mahogany body flame maple top deal-y, So Yeah. Have the bird cool inlays,
0: r- Or is that just yep. the Santana model?
1: Nope, they all do. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're pretty. <laughs> I like them. Yeah. I've wanted a PRS, like, when I first started getting into, like, I want this guitar, I want that guitar. The first yeah. ones were, like, PRS. And
0: you I, know, I, I
1: eventually gave up on that because I found out how expensive they are. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and lately they've kind of been coming back into my uh I guess field of view you could say yeah yeah
0: I remember being younger and thinking PRS looked really cool um when that, I, didn't, I think
1: they've got a cool shape yeah when like i didn't physically know much
0: about it and I, I i I feel like i i don't feel that way anymore really I, well I mean whatever they look fine they're not I don't know. They're not ugly. Yeah. Look at listen to me though. I like Telecaster which is like the ugliest guitar in the world, so <laughs>
1: <laughs> it somehow somehow worked I, its way into my heart. I've recently really been keen on the the single cut, the Les Paul style from PRS. Something about it. It's just got a cool vibe mm. to me now. It's like if I was going to buy a Les Paul style guitar mm-hmm. that wasn't just a Les Paul, I'd really consider it. It's the same build. I mean, it's the same yeah. body wood and neck wood and top wood so. Whatever. PRS
0: are kind of thin right? Are they a little bit like the bodies but, are more narrow than like a Les Paul?
1: Yeah uh, but the necks are fatter mm. so in my experience anyway. Neat. But yeah and they've got that really great like cutaway up in the cutaway like yeah. they've got the, the carve for your hand to fit. Ugh. Those All little right. things you know. Yeah. Anyway. Well I
0: guess it? we've blabbed for long enough uh, this you know this is our show this is the tone control. We're We're brought to you by PedalGenie.com. All your pedal wishes, granted. That's the one. (laughs) That's Uh, it. Go to PedalGenie.com slash Tone Control and check them out. Hey, let's do the news. Let's do it. (laughs) Up first... (laughs) Sir... SL67 Handwired. By the way, I always say the name like that because I have no idea how to say half this crap. And I'm waiting for Derek to say, Yep, you got
1: it. Yeah, Yeah, except I tell you every time, like right before we start.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I still feel like I need to question it. You're
1: like, Sewer. Sir. Sir. (laughs) Sir. S U H R. Anyway, they're making all kinds of cool shit. Yeah. So this one's got kind of an old Marshall vibe to it, the look. Yes. It is just that. So the SL sixty eight is like a I'm pretty sure it's modeled after like a 68 super lead. Right uh-huh. on. Uh it's a hundred watt head. And this is um the 50 watt smaller version. All uh everything else is basically the same uh-huh. from the SL sixty-eight. It's just physically smaller. Oh, okay. These these photos, it looks like a full-size head, but if you see it next to the 68. Uh, it is a little bit smaller. It's not like that lunchbox size, but it's, you know.
0: Yeah, it looks like it's got a few inches shorter around. What, yeah. Have they got it pictured on a 212 here?
1: Might even be a 112. It might
0: be a 112. Jeez, because it, it looks like it matches width yeah. wise pretty
1: well. Hmm, so these cute. are hand wired. It's a 50 watt version, and you can drop it down to about 20 watts, they say.
0: So okay. that's cool.
1: Yeah. Um, these things sound awesome. <laughs> we have a link in the show notes. Uh, Pete Thorne has done a extensive demo on it. It's one mm-hmm. of those, like, oh, I'm going to play a song, and all the guitars you hear are through this amp. So, right, right. Very versatile sound. Um, it's got four inputs, so you can jump it. Right, it's got the, the, it's got the double, the high-low one and two. Right. Yeah. Which is how you have to run it, if you're asking me.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you're not cool unless you've got the little cable in there.
1: <laughs> it's got a post-phase inverter master volume on the back panel, which is something we talked about. A long time ago, and we were talking about little mm. bedroom amps.
0: Yes, right. It's a master volume placed so that you're basically running your whole tone stack and preamp at full volume and then resisting it afterwards. Um, so a bit fuller sound. It still will thin your sound a little bit as you crank it back um, compared to a full volume amp. But a lot of that is just speaker cone distortion and stuff that you're missing out mm-hmm. on. So. It makes it handy. Yeah. On the back panel, huh? Well, hey, that's where yeah. that's actually where it's the wires like, are. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> having having <laughs> I, wired one of those into an amp, I can tell you you have to find somewhere to put that, and on the back panel
1: would be a convenient spot. <laughs> I think it's in like a maybe it is just a convenient spot, but it also seems like a kind of set it and forget it kind mm. of thing if this is going to be a studio yeah. amp, because it is $3500. <laughs> you oh might not want to be you might not want to be gigging with this every night. So but wow. it's hand wired, so you know, you get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So two EL34, 312 AX7, it sounds killer. Check it Excellent. out. Excellent. Huge rock mm-hmm. tones in a small package. Yep. Next. Next. There's a Jimi Hendrix biopic coming out this summer. Really? Tell me who they've got to play Jimi Hendrix. Uh a typo in this uh or no longer a typo in this show note. Uh, Andre three thousand <laughs> is playing Jimmy.
0: What did you have written in the show notes?
1: <laughs> uh, no N. Oh. Audrey. <laughs> Audrey. <laughs> Andre. Andre. Andre three thousand. I like him. I don't know too much about him, but I'm. I saw that he was in this, and I was like, "All right, mm-hmm. I can get. I can get into that." So it's called uh, "Jimmy. All is by my side." UK release is uh, over the summer in August, and there's going to be a screening, or was a screening, at South by Southwest. Uh, I didn't hear anything about it after that, so I'm not sure what the story is there. Mm-hmm. But it was written and directed by uh, John Ridley, who is most recently known for Twelve Years a Slave, which got all Ooh. kinds of crazy awards. So I'm sure so this is going to be it'll pretty be cool. Serious. Yeah, <laughs> It means business. Yep. And so I was reading this Rolling Stone article, uh, and it said that. Andre three thousand practiced guitar for six hours a day, left-handed. Wow! (laughs) So he's right-handed to begin with. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure he's. I don't know anything about his guitar playing. I assume he knows his way around a guitar well enough. He's. But he like had.
0: Yeah. He always kind of struck me as one of those like all-around musician kind of guys. Right. That's
1: what I got. Mm -hmm. So yeah, left-handed. It's. Have you ever like just jokingly picked up your guitar left-handed? Flipped it over. (laughs) Yeah. It's it is like completely I, It's foreign. like I don't know it's, how to walk. It's terrible. <laughs> it's totally the opposite of everything you know. But, wow. man, power to him. So what's interesting, though, is the the film does not feature any of Hendrix's original music. And instead, the soundtrack is comprised of the Beatles, Bob Dylan, Buddy Guy, some other stuff from the era. But none of Jimmy's music. Huh. I think there's some original pieces written uh, that you know uh Andre and his guitar instructor had worked on I guess to really get like the the vibe of the times and the vibe of Jimmy mm. and stuff like that but yeah no original Jimi Hendrix music so well that has to be a deliberate choice huh I think so yeah
0: wow very
1: cool though so yeah keep an eye out for that this summer uh Jimmy all is by my side so yeah they've got a bunch of stuff in
0: here about Hen- when Hendrix met Paul McCartney and George Harrison and Mm -hmm. apparently talked about music I'm I'm reading when I'm supposed to be doing a podcast (laughs) well that sounds fun Mm. and probably sad probably Uh, I just realized oh well (laughs) sign me up Led Zeppelin more rock more rock Led Zeppelin reissues did I just mispronounce Led Zeppelin?
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Super Deluxe Edition <laughs> box set.
1: Yep. It's it's like it is just that you get a book and you get re- it's okay. So they're let's back up. They're reissuing the first three albums. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They're remastered and re-released on vinyl, CD, digital download, everything. And this box set you get is all that stuff.
0: Wow. With yeah. so. So there's like two
1: 12 inch records two CDs great big book in each one of yeah. these I think so yeah one for Led Zeppelin one one for Led Zeppelin two and so on <laughs> I think they said they're they're still working on Led Zeppelin four so that's not going to be part of this release but okay. um, so but here's the cool part bonus editions this huge box set includes previously unreleased tracks no kidding yeah so I'm eager to hear new Led Zeppelin <laughs> New old stock Led Zeppelin. New old stock.
0: <laughs> I love it.
1: <laughs> Vintage original spec Zeppelin.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> really neat. And that's coming out uh, June 3rd. So, What's you know, the price tag for, looking like on this? Uh, it's a lot. It's like in the hundreds of dollars. But yeah. it's like a coffee table book kind of thing with like stories of the studio days and high-res photos and all mm. that kind of cool stuff. So mm. if you're a Zeppelin head, get it. Get it. Get it. Get it. I
0: like it. Mm. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hey, Derek. Have you hey have you heard about this new website that I've discovered recently? It's called PedalGenie.com. I have.
1: They're kind enough to sponsor this podcast. Really? You already heard of it? <laughs> you, you don't want to hear my story? <laughs> I do, though. Let's let's, let's hear it.
0: Well, Hit see, me. with PedalGenie.com, you can create a wish list of pedals that you want to try out, and they have tons of gear from a great list of manufacturers including Dunlop, EHX, don't know how to say that one, Death Debbie by audio. Ever.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Rhythm goes out the window. Death by Audio, Empress, Walrus Audio, to name a very few. They send you one at a time and you keep it as long as you like, like Netflix style. We got to ask them if we should stop mentioning Netflix during these ads. You
1: know, I've seen, if I, I've liked Pedal Genie on Facebook and they mm-hmm. say that a lot. Oh, okay. It's like okay. Netflix. So, so I think game. it's a thing. Okay. Uh, it's, to be fair, just so we're clear, it's like the Netflix DVD release.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're not streaming your pedals over the internet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you, you they send you a pedal from your wishlist and you get to keep it and play with it for as long as you want. No late fees and when you're ready you send them an email and they give you a, a little uh, return label and you slap it back on the box and mail it back to them. Uh, it's thirty four ninety five a month but the first, the first month is only
1: a dollar when you sign up. It's wicked. Pretty good deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so for a buck you can go and like try out any pedal you want. Uh, you can get, I assume, as many as you can Get yeah. in return in that amount of time. I bet you the could do two service. or three in a month. Yeah, I'm on my second one already, mm-hmm. and I, I think this is about a month we're talking about here, maybe a little less. Right. So, what do you what do you got out? Well,
0: I've had the pleasure of playing with the Arpenoid from Earthquaker Devices, and it's this <laughs> wild <laughs> arpeggiator thing, and it's got um, for one thing, it's got like a, a a dry and a and a wet knob which I, I love the way that works. And like
1: 12 o'clock... Instead of just a mix knob? Right, or instead of a mix
0: knob. So you've okay. got separate dry and wet. And 12 o'clock on these knobs is like about uh, Unity. Oh, so nice. you can actually dial in boost in either the wet signal or the dry signal. You can huh, get like sort of a, okay. a boost out of it too, which is pretty neat. I was using it That's to smart. overdrive some other pedals in the chain and getting some really synthy weird tones because it, it it's wild, but... <laughs> So basically, you you set uh, there's a pattern knob, and you kind of choose from a few different patterns. There's ones that sweep down and then repeat, sweep up and then repeat. Like basically from your the note you play down an octave or up. There's some that go down and then back, so it'll kind of like right. do a sweep. But it'll
1: go like. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it'll you can choose like uh, descending major or descending minor. And then ascending Yes, yes, and well there's eight minor. different okay. ones
0: So there's major, minor of basically each pattern Including both of the random patterns Which is super <laughs> neat It just steps all around like a weird crazy thing And you can choose uh, You can control the rate And you can control the steps uh, Like the number of steps Oh, okay, so steps. you can have like
1: two steps if you want
0: Yeah, when you turn it all the way down It kind of depends on which pattern it is How many steps it will play Because it's, oh, it's okay. like an analog knob um, Uh-huh so I found that like if I have it on one of the random settings and I turn the steps all the way down, it'll be playing like three or four, if I remember correctly. Um, it's a lot of fun. Seems like the sort of thing that would be really <laughs> difficult to use musically, like in a song, um, and not have it be just a totally yeah. weird noise. Um, well, cause... I mean, maybe
1: if you had the mix or, or at least the effect sound a little low and yeah. it was like a background thing, you could write around it Probably and
0: right and have it do kind of a dancing thing or something behind you. I have a feeling this is it. it gets easier to use if you have the steps set to lower because when they're all mm-hmm. the way up, it's doing this wild, wild stuff, um, hmm. which could also be fun too. So I'm I'm actually gonna I'm gonna record some little things from it and and because um, <laughs> I think it's a super. I, I I've thought about like trying to make a a sound library out of little bits of of notes and riffs that I play through this thing. And I'll probably stick one, wait for it, right here. Ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> so that's how crazy that pedal is. So I, I'm having a
1: lot of fun you with it. You know what? It just occurred to me would make that extra awesome as a tap tempo.
0: Yeah, because that that's part of the tough part. Uh, as I've been yeah. trying to play with it, I was trying to get to where I could time it to... Some pattern that I was playing, like you would with a delay, to get to get it to sort of ping-pong with your notes as you're sure. playing. It doesn't, at least I haven't been able to get it to to really stay in tempo with me. It hasn't been as easy as it is with a delay, where you can sort of hear a distinct repeat and it just suggests right, a where, tempo to you.
1: Right, where it's, it's very stationary. Right, in, right. In its effect, yeah. This
0: thing is much oh. crazier than that, so...
1: That's cool. Well, I mean, it's a probably what a two hundred and twenty nine dollar pedal. So a tap uh, yeah, tempo, even tap tempo would really make it expensive. <laughs> <laughs> sure, they could put an input uh, on it or something. But, that would be smart. Yeah. yeah, you can just get like the the crummy Boss tap tempo switch. Sure, sure.
0: The Arpanoid V two. So. You can take our idea
1: for free, Earthquaker, <laughs> <laughs> Tone Control Edition. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, yeah, what have I got? Last, well, what do you want to know what I got now or what I had before? Well, we already talked about what you had before, didn't you? Didn't we do that last time? Briefly. I mentioned I had it. I didn't really get it. All right. Well, you can tell us about both then. Well, okay. So first I had the JHS Super Bolt, which I really liked, but now that I don't have it, I don't miss it. Mm. So keep, you know, take that for what it's worth. (laughs) But um, it was... Uh, it's modeled after like it's a amp in a box type deal, and it's modeled after these old Supro and Valco amps that are now being reissued by the company that owns Pigtronics. Mm-hmm. By the way, we mentioned on the name episode. Yes, but um, it's it was cool. It was a nine volt operation that upscaled to eighteen volt internally, so it was super super loud <laughs> <laughs> and tons of headroom. And it had this like this really cool at low. It's like a low to medium gain. Drive, I would say. So in these lower gain settings, it was almost a clean tone replacement. Like it was a real nice enhancement. Hmm. Just like adds this like cool shimmery, sparkly thing on top. So it's kind of like so, the,
0: the pre circuit from one of these old amps. Like, yeah. Like back in the day, before distortion pedals were really a thing, they could you could mm-hmm. take like a Fender Champ or one of these small amps and take you know plug the speaker out of it and uh, right. you use it as a drive box in front of
1: your other amp. Mm-hmm. yeah so it's got a just volume tone and drive knobs and then a switch that does like a mid boost i think it is or or no sorry it's like a high low mode okay so i i always kept it on high just because it had a little more punch to it but mm-hmm. I, I could see the use of the low basically you could just dial the knobs wherever you like and everything was very usable so it was cool. a good pedal so, so yeah i mean check it out we, i posted a, a quick review and some photos and some videos of it on uh the on the blog. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: hit tonecontrolshow.com for that. But now I have this little fella. It's so we, they can't see it. I know I'm showing you. <laughs> oh, it's pretty. <laughs> it's, it's uh yeah, it's the exotic effects SL drive. It's the same size as my exotic effects EP booster. The so, little mini stomp, little teeny weeny guy. It's like, Three and a half by one by one. Yeah. It's <laughs> offset jacks because the cords wouldn't fit in there. Yep. Offset knobs because they would just hang off the edge. <laughs> <laughs> so this does um nine to eighteen volt also. Uh and it's a Marshall super lead in a box. And it really, really? just totally is that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's really cool. So these knobs are tone, drive, and volume. Uh and then internally Wait, there's I only some dip see two switches. Knobs. Oh, the, sorry. Yeah, look at this little dude. See the, uh, uh, See the little one? little teeny-weeny-weeny. Little,
0: little, teeny, weeny, weeny little no.
1: teeny one. So you would kind of set that to Unity or just above and then kind of leave it be. Because mm-hmm. really, I mean, are you ever really changing the volume knob on your drive pedals? No. The out, output volume? No.
0: No, you're setting it to where it sounds good <laughs> into your amp and you're going.
1: Yeah, right. So, and just like the Super Bolt, hugely usable tones across the whole range. Mm. So... This tone knob is really interesting because all the way down, it's like that really thick, heavy kind—not like scoopy, but a little, little flatter, I guess mm-hmm. EQ. And then as you dial it up, it gets into like crispy town, and it gets kind of fizzily and really, really bright, and you can really balance out different guitars. Okay, in a cool so way.
0: so it's not just a tone knob that's filtering; it's um, it's sort of creating different curves at different points on the right. Yeah, gotcha.
1: It's really cool though, and I I like it in a few different places. And then it changes as you dial it up; it gets louder. The pedal gets the volume increases, mm-hmm. so you kind of have to ride that with the volume knob and stuff. Okay. And the drive sort of exists on its own, but um, so then inside there's some dip switches, and you can get uh, some other settings. So on the on the back here, they mm-hmm. have instructions. So super lead, which is the default, super lead with a high mid cut. Oh. Uh, a super lead with a 6 dB boost, which at 9 volt kind of makes it sound like 18. Like it just, you get it's just louder and you yeah. get a little more punch with it, basically. Mm-hmm. And then super bass mode. So you can turn this into a Marshall super bass nice. with these little dip switches. And that was like it was really deep. Wow. <laughs> like I, I had a, I tried it through both my amps, 112 and my 410, and the the super bass was a little too bassy for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm just, I don't know.
0: That would be fun <laughs> to play the Arpenoid into that, because yeah. you can get some low synthy tones out of the Arpenoid when it's sweeping down
1: at the low octaves. Mm. Very cool. Mm. So, um, in super bass mode, with the tone all the way cranked up to mm. 100%, it's still very thick, and it's not too shrill or too bright. So, I think, I mean, for my money, you're best at keeping it in super lead mode the factory default cuz that's really where it's mm-hmm. it's killing it yeah it sounds awesome though and like compared to like my my uh full tone plimsoll this is it's like totally different and it's i've never really AB drive pedals too much like on my own setup for days at a time yeah it's interesting it's just you know you turn on your amp and you hit your distortion pedal on and you go to town and that's kind of like your baseline you know what that sound is and then i switch this on and it's a whole other thing wow It's much louder and not louder, but it's much kind of brighter. Mm -hmm. And then I switch back to the full tone and it's like, well, where has this been my whole life? (laughs) (laughs) That's great. um, Exotic effects SL drive.
0: Very neat. And this is um, because of
1: pedalgenie.com. Right. So check out both these pedals on pedalgenie.com. We can post reviews for these on the website there. Oh nee. I don't know if you want to get into that, but maybe we will. Maybe. maybe probably won't. <laughs> so yeah. Pedalgenie.com slash tone control, $34.95 a month. First month is a dollar. All your pedal wishes granted. Thank you, Pedalgenie. Really loving the service. It's it's so it's so fun. Yeah. The day I got this, I was like, cool, sounds good. What's next? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I already want to send it back. Yeah. I, I just because gotta... I I want the next thing. Yeah. You know what it is? There's I my my wish list is really long now. And there's stuff where I'm like, yeah, let's try that. Let's try this. Oh, I heard about this. That's cool. And then there's a few others where I really, really want to try them because I really might buy them. Yeah. And I have unfortunately, I guess, I don't know, no control over what comes to me next, just oh. like you would with Netflix. So you can't move them just, up and down in the in the queue. It, I don't think so because I mean I'm sure they have a limited inventory. They can't have a, a million SL drives to send out. Yeah, to people. well they
0: they, they make but, a a sort of um, disclaimer about that. You know we'll try to right. send you the thing that's at the top of your list, but you know they like you said DVDs are a totally different animal than you can have yeah, stacks yeah. and stacks. These are very expensive um, and somewhat bulky units. Some of them so.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so, but at the same time, when I get the email that the next one is on its way, I'm like, ah, oh, what's it going to be? Uh-huh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> really cool. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of fun. Everybody should check it out. Pedalgenie.com slash tone
1: control. What's next? I can't wait. I can't oh. wait for these next pedals that we're going to talk about to be available from them because I'm going to add them to my wish list. What? Uh... Oh, yeah. The uh, Cattle and Bread Topanga and Karma Sutra have been released. So these guys were released at, or announced at Nam uh, a few weeks, months ago, January. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the Topanga is a spring reverb tank clone. It's like an outboard reverb tank in a pedal, not just a Ooh. spring reverb pedal, but a, it mimics those old fender tanks that are very yeah. different than an in, uh, like a tank in your chassis. Mm-hmm. It'll do 100% wet and 0% dry. <laughs>
0: so is it, is it all <laughs> on one knob? Sorry, the links nope. are broken as as yeah. we're recording, so I can't look at the graphics right now.
1: No, it's four knobs, and it has the standard control of like mix and uh, dwell and tone. Okay, and I and I think level. So like stuff. twelve o'clock on mix would be your 50-50? I believe so. Okay, cool. Maybe it, maybe it's maybe it's wet dry. I'm not sure, but I know the the demo I watched on Chicago Music Exchange does, they, they demo it with 100% wet, which is the coolest sound. Yeah, all spring. <laughs> right. So it'll do 9 to 18 volt, it's true bypass, and it's $195. All
0: spring, no excuses. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: going to write that down. Okay. So, do we sound awkward? I feel like we sound awkward. <laughs> so.
0: You know, I, I wonder if we're, we're spoiled now because we had Kevin around for the last... Uh, podcast yeah, to fill in it. some of our gaps. so now maybe I feel like, oh,
1: I'm on the radio! Da, da,
0: da, 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 da. Is <laughs> anybody out there? Crickets. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know. We're probably not doing that much worse than we usually do.
1: Uh, maybe it's just my standards are so much higher since we had Kevin on. <laughs> uh, I miss Kevin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: Anyway. You want to say this next one? I know you struggled with it last time. <laughs>
0: shut up uh, <laughs> this is this is uh, also from Cattle and Bread, which I can say now thank you is uh the, not that part the karma <laughs> it's the karma suture yeah you know to be fair last time you did it. last time this came up this came up at nam right at yeah. the nam show so i Dyslexified it a little bit and
1: said Sutra because obviously well, that's, that's the pun. Yeah, right. So
0: get off my back.
1: <laughs> no, but then then it was, have I really never seen Sutra oh, spelled before? Oh, yeah, that's before? right, right, because I don't
0: think I had. <laughs>
1: uh, It is a, It is a strange looking word. I'll yeah. give you that.
0: You know what I have trouble with? Soldier and solder.
1: Not that uh, I yeah. don't
0: know the difference,
1: but... But when you see them...
0: Well, when I when I see them yeah. even I'm fine. When I go to write it or type it, completely <laughs> panicked that I've written the wrong one. I never can convince myself I've written the right one because spell check ain't gonna catch that for me.
1: Right. You oh. have a loose soldier connection.
0: Yeah. Ah. I was like, oh God, I look like an idiot on the internet. What could be worse? <laughs>
1: You can correct it, you know, as the day is long and no one will hear you. No,
0: no, let me, let me go. <laughs> All right. Well, Ugh. the Karma Suture is an overdrive based on the harmonic percolator, which, which is apparently,
1: I don't, I don't know what that is. I don't, I didn't either. Uh, and I don't think we knew this at NAMM, but uh, it's some famous overdrive. Apparently it's a cool name. Harmonic <laughs> percolator. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. yeah. That sounds uh, like exactly what it's doing. Percolates harmonics.
0: <laughs> so uh, even order harmonic distortion. So do you get do you get what that means?
1: I um, I'm quizzing for, you. Uh, face face value, I can like understand what that means, and it makes leads me to believe that other distortions are not even order.
0: Uh, many um, are odd order or a mix of both. In fact, usually I think you're ending up with more of a mix of both, but it depends how you're clipping. Um, but okay. basically what that means is
1: like when you play a note. It depends, like, you mean hard or soft clip, or, like...
0: Um, that probably has some effect on it. It also depends on the biasing. Uh-huh. Um, Like, in, in, dro- okay, well, in circuits that pedal- are get overdriven. Anyway, well, so, when you play a note on any instrument, you have a mix of frequencies. You have a fundamental, which is usually the loudest, and that's, like, what we would consider to be the pitch. Like, So, you play a note... And that's your fundamental. There's a series of harmonics above that. The first harmonic is always going to be double the pitch. Right. So the A440, the first harmonic is going to be 880. That's the first harmonic. It's harmonic one. The next harmonic is harmonic two. And that's the first even order harmonic. So an even order harmonic generator would be taking your fundamental and creating harmonics on two, four, six and eight and we will be skipping one, three, five. I got it. okay
1: that, that's kind of what was happening in my brain but I hadn't bothered to research it. <laughs> sure right right.
0: I mean it, it's it's just a different harmonic content. It's sort of the, the way that you know a trumpet and a clarinet sound different. A trumpet mm-hmm. is is conical, meaning it gets wider as the tube extends and that generates both odd and even harmonics. Whereas a clarinet is tubular, it is the same diameter tube from the top to the bottom, and I believe that makes it generate odd harmonics.
1: I see. Okay.
0: And so, if you take like if you take like a computer where you can generate harmonics based on a pitch, you run a clarinet through that and fill in the even harmonics, it'll make it sound kind of like a violin. Hmm. Because your your ear is the the clarinet sound is basically that note with Odd harmonics applied to it. So cool. So, an even order so, harmonic distortion would probably be a buzzier, sharper sounding distortion,
1: which this is, yeah, that sounds correct. So, it's very, it's they say you can do everything from overdrive, clean boost to on this pedal, but mm-hmm. it's at its core, it's a fuzz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's just like you're saying, it's very yeah. sharp sounding. So cool. I guess it, according to my bullets here from their website, it does result in super clear note definition and complex chords aren't, they don't get muddy. Right. Which is often the case with fuzzes. They, at least my fuzz face tends to really shine with single notes and power chords because there's not everything else getting in the way. Yeah.
0: The complexity of a more complex, well, yes, a more complex chord
1: will muddy it up, but this thing Mm. will keep them cleaner. Neat. So, Right, and it's true bypass, and it has a blend of new old stock, germanium, and silicon transistors, and I believe you can adjust the bias on those via one of the knobs on the front. Hmm. Pretty neat. Sweet. 169, Catalan bread, karma suture, and topanga. Sold. What'd you say? I said woot. Oh, woot. I thought you said food. I say say woot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Woot, I say to you. So... Our next news item: Fender American Design Experience.
1: You built a parts caster.
0: Uh, I did. Just uh, by my original guitar was uh, was a Korean Telecaster. Was it Korean, really? Yeah, Korean or Japanese? If I got that wrong.
1: There are things about both of those that make that interesting to me. But continue. <laughs> okay. Um,
0: yeah, it was. Uh, it was like a. From, from, you know, some kind of foreign-made yeah. Telecaster, you know, one of the sort of cheapy Fenders, and um, and it was okay, and then just over the years, I've, you know, something eventually didn't satisfy me about the neck, so I put an American Telecaster neck on it, and pretty soon, you know, all the parts have been swapped out. I think the neck pickup is is the only thing that's the same. I should just change the <laughs> neck pickup, and then I won't have to worry about use it anyway. what the original guitar was. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I you was, just put
1: your original one back together. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I could. Well, the neck has popped frets and stuff, though, so it doesn't. Uh, yeah. It it you have to set the string height really high to get it to stop
1: buzzing. It's really bad. But anyway, so I ask because this Fender American Design experience is now an opportunity for you to build. What is basically your own parts caster direct from Fender. So now you can buy Mm -hmm. a guitar direct from the manufacturer. Which is kind of all of your parts. Yes, which is kind of the first time this has been available. I mean, for the last few months, you've been able to buy bodies and necks officially from Fender and build your own that Ah. way. But now you can get them from the factory, set up and everything. Fender American direct. Very cool. So you get a strat... Telly a J base or a P base to choose from to start as your, your, your frame, your, yeah, your starting Mm -hmm. place. Right. And then all of those you choose vintage or modern and it's a very general term, but Mm it, it allows you to, the modern says a body designed to accommodate contemporary hardware, which would give you more opportunity with like routing options and bridge styles and stuff. So the vintage is going to give you the bent steel or the barrel bridges, Mm -hmm. barrel saddles. Um, or modern, you could put a Strat hardtail on everything. Right. Basically. There's
0: yeah. There's totally different bolt patterns for that. Like my my Telecaster actually has a um, a third party aftermarket bridge that is the Strat like block style. Right. Uh, six six saddle six saddle block saddles, but on a Telecaster tray. But I had to get it third party because all of the one that Fender makes that are that the six blocks uh, saddles. Uh, have the bolts in the modern position, which is just totally wrong. Doesn't mm-hmm. fit on the body that I had. So,
1: yeah, man, my my l has a six saddle barrel saddle bridge mm-hmm. on it, and it I have is one of those. The best. It's so good. Six saddle. Uh, like my other telly has a, the three saddle, yeah. the old school. Like, yeah. But oh my god, the, the <laughs> <laughs> it's like these six humongous brass saddles. Yeah, it's the best. So you get the best of both worlds with that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so. You go into your little web-based builder here, and you start at fifteen hundred dollars is the base price. You're gonna buy for, direct for you're whatever $1,500. you pick the, uh, of these options. Uh, well, let's see. Uh, the Strat and the Telly do the J base. The bases might be a little bit more just because they're bigger. Uh, <laughs> that hmm. tends to be the case. Now, well, according to this, it says fifteen still, but that's your your very very baseline price. You haven't even built it yet, and it's yeah fourteen ninety nine. So. So what yeah. you do is you go in and you choose your... It's still very limited. I'm sure they'll open this up, but you choose between Alder and Ash, and then you choose from a select number of body colors. So plus so $100 for Ash.
0: They, they've, that's cool. They've got the like the price changes right there as you're picking them out.
1: Right. And some of this stuff costs a little more. Some of these fancy finishes might cost more mm-hmm. or different neck shapes. So let's see. I'm going to build an Ash. I'm going to do a vintage Ash Silver Burst. <laughs> Uh, let me continue parts, knobs, switches, black pick guard, black this thing is going to be wicked 64 Telecaster Rosewood fingerboard, so you get to choose all these different neck shapes from over the years the the big years for Fender 52, 58, 64 Uh, and then for some of their famous models like the vintage Hot Rod series you can even put a 72 Tele deluxe neck oh, doing that, okay (laughs) (laughs) And then, so I'm on the vintage model here, so you can choose American Vintage Tele brass saddles, steel saddles, or RSD Telecaster Bridge, which is Fender's new uh, Tele bridge shape Mm -hmm. that they came out with this year. Let's go with that. And then pickups, and you know, depending on your vintage or modern, you choose all these different crazy pickups. So I want Custom Shop Texas Specials. Nope, Twisted Tele, doing it. All right, hardware, (laughs) chrome, tuning machines, uh, vintage, standard. Strings 10 to 46. Oh, and you can engrave the neck plate for $25. Nice. So, my vintage Telecaster, which looks like kind (laughs) of (laughs) weird, comes to $18.25. What do you think of that? That I can even choose the
0: strings that are on it.
1: Right, because they'll set it up from the factory. Yeah. That way. So, if you want, if you play 11s, they'll set it up with 11s. I know when I got my telly, it was set up from the factory with nines. Mm-hmm. and I had to do a whole setup on it right like the day I got it. So I've just put together, while you were talking,
0: I just put together an <laughs> Ash P-Bass in vintage blonde with a nice. three-ply mint green pickguard. Oh. The neck is a 70s jazz bass maple fingerboard. Oh, that's not right. Shut that's not what up. I picked. By the time I backed up, it went... <laughs> oh, I actually like the maple... That one though, because it's got the block inlays. All right. I'm keeping the maple. The bridge. I might just I've build chose... myself
1: a P base. <laughs>
0: <laughs> For the bridge, I've chosen a high mass vintage mount. So that's cool. So they've got the cool. modern like things with vintage mount um screws and stuff, which is cool. I, I it lays flatter. My other base, my jazz base, has the uh the barrel saddles and it's fine, but whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Um, I've chosen the Vintage '58 Precision pickups, uh, with nickel hardware, '70s vintage tuning machines, 45 standard strings, and I'm gonna engrave "I Slept with Your Mother" on the pickguard.
1: Or the neckline. I think what you mean is the tone control. <laughs> the
0: tone control. <laughs> slept with your mother. <laughs> uh, and this bass has come out to eighteen hundred twenty-four ninety-nine.
1: Say that again, eighteen twenty
0: four. Eighteen twenty
1: four ninety nine. That's what that's what my telling. came out. I think they
0: all come out at the same price no matter what you pick. No, that's that can't be true. It's just that we 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 just sifted through this and grabbed all the expensive options and that's basically yeah, what we're out. Yeah, I mean you could
1: go on and pick like locking tuners and all that other mm. more expensive stuff that I don't really yeah feel the need for, but
0: yeah. This is a this is a beautiful instrument that I've created here. It does the graphics uh, for me and everything.
1: I'm making a P-Base right now that's Lake Placid Blue with a tortoise shell pickguard. Ooh. Ooh. How regal. This is pretty neat. I like it. And if you, I like it too. And I was just thinking, if I was in the market to buy an American Fender, this would be hard to turn down.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, now this comes set up from the factory, like American setup, right? Like. Right. Yeah.
1: Because in my experience are great.
0: Right. I mean there's the other the other side of this is like we were saying the other day, sometimes you pick up a guitar and it's just the greatest guitar for no reason.
1: Yeah. You know, and that's it's, why you play one before yeah. you buy.
0: So I feel like this would come out pretty good and I'm I've gotten pretty good at tweaking my instruments so that they didn't have any problems, I guess. Like I've mm-hmm. I've got a Mexican jazz bass that is Way better than a Mexican jazz bass should be.
1: I think, in my opinion, uh, any guitar can really be brought to a good or great place with Mm -hmm. a really great setup. Yeah, as long as there isn't some structural
0: problem with the wood or something, like you could get a lemon.
1: Sure, I've got a Mexican Strat that is set up awesomely, Mm -hmm. and and it's just there's it's got some real mojo to it, and it's you know it's older, it's been around the block a few times, but. Well, that just means it's it's killer setup. Worn
0: worn in, yeah. It's a good player is so much more important than like the difference between the Mexican and the American instrument.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. Plus, you can do a pickup
0: swap on those. The electronics are the things that get cheaped out quickly. On Mm -hmm. you know the electronics and the setup,
1: I guess. Yeah, like my seventy-two custom is it came with a good setup for nines, but I put tens on it and had to completely redo it. Yeah. I don't know. This is, this is really cool. And it's just fun to sit around all day and make all the guitars you want. Uh, yep. <laughs> I'm having fun. All right. Yeah. So link to that in the show notes. Um, I'm sure you could just hit fender.com. And check that out. But, uh, Oh, fender.com slash American dash design. Awesome. Do it up.
0: Look at awesome, man. Totes. Totes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: really sorry for that. <laughs>
0: Uh well that's it for news anyway. items.
1: Yeah. You're like 30 seconds tomorrow, right? Sure. Okay.
0: <laughs> for the purposes I, I'm not, of this conversation. Okay, yeah, no, yes. I'm not like super familiar with their music, but what I've heard, like, oh yeah, no, they're a band. Like I can I can dig that. Okay. And plus, Jared Leto is one of those talented people where you kind of hate him. He's just yeah. like, you know what, dude? <laughs> <laughs> you feel like too much talent was was put in one human, you know? Like, it's too focused. Mm-hmm. He should be. Ha- he should have, like, one thing he's great
1: at. Except he's got a lot of things he's well, great at. Well, that's
0: what I mean. Like, he took things yeah. from people.
1: Ah, anyway. <laughs> uh, so, they're, they're not their latest record, but the one uh, previous to that, This Is War, is one of my favorite records, I would say. Mm-hmm. It's got a really cool sound, and it's got this... You know, from their older style, it's very different. Mm-hmm. Very arena rock and <laughs> in places and cool guitar tones and all that yeah. fun stuff. Really catchy hooks and awesome melody. It's it's great. So they released this documentary called Artifact that is about the making or supposed to be about the making of that record. But what it ended up being was a documentary about them being sued by their label, which at the time was EMI, and them struggling to release This Is War and just like their whole, from from their perspective, that whole fight, and it really was pretty eye opening about the music industry as a whole, right now, mm-hmm. or at least at the time, a year, at least at the at years the, ago, the, the major years ago.
0: label music industry from right. a few years ago.
1: Um, I really, really recommend it. Whether or not you're a fan of Thirty Seconds to Mars, but just as you know, the listener of this podcast is obviously interested in music, mm-hmm. so you must be interested in the industry of such. To a degree, it's just—it's really cool. Like you, you, you must—you've heard I it mean, here first. What are you doing listening to this if you're not <laughs> totally into it? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's called Artifact. It's it's cool. They—the story is basically like they—I guess—semi spoiler alert—they—they they didn't really make any money off of any of their previous releases and kept getting their contracts renegotiated to. Release the next record and release the next record and pay off and make, make money and stuff like that. But so the it, it was label just is kind making cyclical. money,
0: but the band isn't right. taking any home. Is that what we're talking about?
1: Yeah. They they hadn't been paid any money wow. to to date. And they, you know, toured the world and had done all of this publicity and all of this studio time and touring and and writing and everything. And it was they had nothing to show for it. So And clearly the label
0: w- kept re upping them for another album. So the label was still interested. So they must have been the making money. The label was still interested
1: in making money.
0: Yeah. Well, that's that's uh, what I, think I mean. Like, just, so money was happening, yeah. it just wasn't getting to the band side of it because they weren't paying off enough of their expenses or something.
1: Mm-hmm. So they, they they break it down in a really interesting way that that it's like, it's kind of like a flow chart. They just show you like, look, this is how l- most record labels or most record contracts work. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you get X dollars, and you go do this and that and the other thing. And between touring and merchandise and digital downloads, and there's all these um, like little like asterisks on everything that are kind of left over from the vinyl days and the CD days before digital downloads. And just everything is kind of antiquated now, and artists are really getting gypped. And I think having watched it, has been out for a little while, but having watched it, it kind of made the whole uh, self-release, self-promotion thing all more clear. Mm-hmm and it was just like really i can't I just keep saying it's really interesting but i <laughs> <laughs> i really recommend you, you check it out it's i liked it a lot so we watched it on iTunes you can rent it on uh, on iTunes there i think it's on Amazon also yeah it was one of the first really public examples of an artist or a label suing their own artist mm. basically was, so what that whole deal. what would
0: they i mean not to spoil the whole movie i guess but what what were they they were being sued to for money? For thirty million dollars. How, how could they possibly owe their label thirty million dollars? <laughs> you, <laughs> yes, sh- you, you should gotta, watch the documentary. Watch the documentary. <laughs> that is so wild. I mean, th- they yeah. came out the other side of it. I mean, we can skip to the end a little yes. bit here. They, they, the band exists. They are making records. They're, well, well they're- and
1: EMI was um, dissolved.
0: Oh, oh, right. How did I not remember that?
1: So. It's just it's they they come at it from all angles the business side the music side it's very cool wow. who owns what you yeah. know if Jared Leto sits down at the piano and writes the little ditty well guess what he doesn't own that anymore yeah kind of stuff um, and they interview all kinds of really interesting people uh, other artists that have had troubles with their labels people who used to be higher ups in in big record companies speak out on it mm. very cool stuff wow. So thirty seconds to Mars artifact, check it out.
0: Check it out. I got to get on that now. I feel left out. (laughs) Feel remiss in my duties.
1: So self release. Speaking of which, um, I'm a huge Manchester Orchestra fan, as most of my friends know. Over the last week, (laughs) (laughs) anyone who is friends with Eric on Twitter has been spammed into knowing. I've been like shouting about it for (laughs) the last week or so. So um, they, uh, I don't know the whole story, but they're also not on whatever label they were on oh, okay anymore I don't know if their contract expired or if there was some crazy thing but their, they their newest record comes out next week the first April 1st and they recorded it they bought a house and built a studio and recorded it themselves and they're releasing it themselves and they're only on a label for distribution cool so
0: yeah so just a distribution contract
1: right and that's it just is like really eye-opening to me about these bands that have Pretty big success, I would say, that mm-hmm. are kind of really roping it back in, yeah, and and kind of going indie, so to speak, again. Right. On. Well, it's like it's kind of like what what Kevin was saying last week.
0: Plus, it's it's even easier for for bands that are already established. Um, you know, if you're yeah. not under a contract anymore, to do this because the industry's changed. Like, they have the means. Almost anybody has the means to make a pretty decent record. It's a matter of how much can you afford to put into it. And there's probably mm-hmm. a a, uh, a method that is going to create the best record for whatever your you've decided your budget is. You know, within reason, there's there are going to be some minimums there before you're making something that's really great. But um, sure, but but the it's come down a lot. Much yeah.
1: Lower. yeah, you
0: can still spend tens of thousands of dollars and and at a, at a giant studio and get a great thing out of it. But there's lots of other options for people who don't have those means. Um, mm-hmm. I know,
1: I do it every day. So exactly, yeah, and uh, that's sort of like one of the overarching points of um, Sound City. That yes, documentary.
0: right, and, and a point that th- that I almost feel like was a little bit lost on them, but
1: yeah, I think so too. It was a, it was a much more negative voice. Yeah, like the that. small studio was sort <clears throat> of seen, the the two guys in a MacBook approach was very frowned upon. Yeah. But but Trent Reznor did say like, two guys in a MacBook is gonna make. Yeah. The greatest record everyone's anyone's ever heard. Right. Some someday it's going to happen.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of people who suck who now have act who, who have the ability to make music, um, but that's that's part of the price. Like accessibility to cheap equipment, <clears throat> that's mm-hmm. actually pretty decent compared to the old days. Is um, it's for everybody. So some people are going to suck, but there's going to be a few gems in there, um, and yeah. society and the will be better as- for it.
1: <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, the same is true for, for, for all sorts of other creative outlets. Like photography has come way down in price, yep. videography has yep. come way down in price. I mean, you can buy a MacBook and a DSLR for much, much cheaper than you ever could. Yep. To do that sort of stuff in the past. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this is that whole like uh, God, I just like think in circles about this kind of stuff <laughs> when it comes up. Just, uh, it's like, man, all I want to do is like make music. Some you know some days, and then other days it's like, well, marketing is important and business is important, and then <laughs> it's, it's just like, well, yeah. But but then stuff like EMI happens to Thirty Seconds to Mars, and you're yeah. like, man, who needs that anymore?
0: <laughs> you know, yeah. And and it's it's like we got to remember too, like EMI was dissolved, and there was a lot of people who lost their jobs from that too. Sure. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of like actual like on the front lines sort of impact that we don't necessarily see. And it can be easy to see a a big giant record label as an enemy of art. Um, But they were also facilitating art for a super long time when it wasn't possible to do this small time uh, in Mm -hmm. in the way that it is today. So it's just changes, changes. A lot of the
1: stuff, right. A lot of that stuff, at least in this case with EMI was the industry had changed and they didn't change with it. Yeah. Basically, it was the the way people were buying music changed.
0: And that's part of corporate it, culture, too. Like, you're going to have people at the top that are, this company is making money under my watch, and so I'm not going to make any risky changes. I'll retire first and let the next guy take the
1: risk. Yeah, I'll sue my artists. It's a yeah. big deal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why not, right? Right. So I could talk about this for hours, So, but I'm not going to.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> so. we've been we've been going for like an hour. It's about time we shut the hell up. Uh, yeah. we never even said our names this show, but I'm Justin Newton or, or last show or last <laughs> show. Not at all. Uh, we're getting too lazy for this. All right. My name is yeah. Justin Newton. You can follow me on Twitter at JN tracks and you can find me at jntracks.com. That's my personal website. How about
1: you, Derek? Hello. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Derek Heidemann at deal Heidemann on the Twitters and everywhere else. DL which has nothing to do with any of this, yep. but whatever. Two N's in Heidemann. Um, You'll never yep. find it. <laughs> but if you, you know, this podcast is hosted there so you can find it on iTunes. Anyway, yeah. um, I just also plug for ourselves. Last episode, we interviewed Kevin from too late, the hero. So go back and check that out. That was fun. Kevin's a lot of fun. Yep. That was a good time. Yeah. yeah. And tonecontrolshow.com. All kinds of fun stuff going on there these days.
0: Yep. <laughs> getting a little, getting a little rowdy over there. Check out the in between <laughs> everything that Derek posts, entertaining yep. stuff. We get, Lots of uh, Tumblr followers over there. You could be one of them. We have
1: a lot now. (laughs) We we gained like 25 in the last three weeks. Wow. We're we're killing it.
0: (laughs) Well, this was an okay uh, episode. It was brought to you by pedalgenie.com. All your pedal wishes granted. Visit pedalgenie.com slash tone control. You can find out what we've got out and you can make your own wish list and sign up. Your first month is only a dollar. How can you go wrong? You can't. You can't do it.
1: It just can't be done. I, I, I challenge you challenge, to go wrong.
0: Somebody go wrong. Somebody go there. Go wrong. <laughs> I will I will buy your subscription for a dollar. If if it if it goes wrong, it doesn't I will That's personally buy your subscri- your first month subscription for a dollar if it goes wrong. Try it. I dare you. <laughs> I'm in my oh, head it's boy. racing right now like how could this go bad for me? What have <laughs> yeah. I just done?
1: Yeah, you you owe someone a dollar. Yeah, I'm thinking it's, like that's it's, the it's worst, It's like middle it, right? school all over again. Someone on the internet be like you owe me a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> oh man.
0: Okay. Well, that's pretty good. We'll see you uh we'll see you next week. I <laughs> know we yeah. it'll be weeks before <laughs> we do another one of these. You better get a new pedal before then. I will. No, I I, I will. Um, and we're oh, not gonna. Boy. We, we got to get on a tighter schedule. Yeah, we we had a little. Great. We had a little bit of laziness. Part of that was was trying to uh,
1: work a well, schedule hang, out hang with on. Kevin. We have lives. <laughs> Speak for yourself. You know you're you're working hard. I'm getting married soon. Yeah, it's busy. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's going down anyway. Anyway, boom. All right, cool. Tokenshowshow.com. No-control-show-at-gmail.com. Get out of here. Get out of here. Take off, eh? Go home, Internet. You're drunk.